Thank you for tuning in to Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. So glad that you tune in and listen to our podcast when you cannot make it to Sunday church. It's always good to know that you're out there listening. I just wanted to send out a special hello to my friend in the convalescent hospital, David Domser. Very sweet man. I know you're listening, Dave. I hope you enjoy this final chapter of Daniel. Daniel 12 is no less interesting than all the rest of Daniel. He finishes out this amazing, amazing vision that God had gave him of our future. So we're going to be finishing it up today, and I'm going to kind of miss Daniel, but I've learned so much about him. I've learned so much about what's going to happen in our future. And it's just incredible that all the things that Daniel talked about, and yet they all came true. Everything that he said, everything that he prophesied about, happened just exactly as he said it would. What an amazing thing. It just shows you that God knows the story of our lives. He is interested, he cares, and he knows how it's all going to end. Man, that is just gives me so much comfort. Anyway, God bless you out there. I hope you're enjoying. Come out and see us here at Tuolumne, whatever you can. Next week, we're going to be starting a new book of the Bible. I haven't decided for sure. I, I'm leaning towards going to a New Testament book, possibly Romans or Ephesians or somewhere in there, something we haven't done in a long, long time. Um, so we're looking forward to getting started on a new book of the Bible next week. God bless you. I, I hope you stay with us, and we will see you soon. Should get started in just a second. For those of you who may not know, I do my best to produce sermon notes for you that you can follow along with. I usually bring about eight or ten copies. Um, I don't know what I did yesterday. I was making copies, and I thought I hit ten. It printed like a hundred. So if I have to go buy ink, Dennis, please forgive me. For, I don't know. Printed a bunch of copies, um, but I brought 10 of them to you, and the rest are going to be scratch paper. Unfortunately, I print both sides, you know, so it doesn't make very good scratch paper. Um, but I, I am so blessed, and, and I also, if... Uh, if you'd like to have a copy of Sermon Notes uh, emailed to you, just give me your email address. I'll add you to my uh, email list. And, uh, and I, I don't even mind when you correct my spelling. It's, it's okay. It, you know, I, I, I get it. I remember many, many years ago, I produced my Sermon Notes like I do today, and I had some professor that was visiting, sitting in class in church. After church, he came to me and he said, I've never in my life known anybody to mutilate the English language like you have. <laughs> but the message was good. He said, the message was good. And I said, sir, thank you for the good message part. If you had known that I graduated high school illiterate because of my dyslexicness, you probably wouldn't have 
complained because I'm lucky to be able to spell the. You know, I mean, I just, and I still struggle. And, and the bad thing is that Dennis and I laugh about it a lot is spell check, you know, because spell check doesn't always give you the word that you think it's correcting. Okay, maybe I should just eliminate spell check and just throw it in there, whatever I think it should sound like. I had another guy say, you know what, you write exactly like you talk. Yeah, yeah I do. Can you understand me? Yeah, okay, that's, that's all that matters. But if you'd like to have sermon notes sent to you, just give me your email address and I'll gladly put you amongst that list because they're intended for a study tool. Um, please forgive my spelling, but, or you can correct me and I'll try to remember to correct the way I spell, but it's for your blessing. We're finishing today, Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, and I got to say, I'm going to miss him. We've been through a lot with Daniel. Um, What an incredible man he was and is in heaven today. I can't wait to meet him. I mean, I cannot wait. We are going to meet him someday. And I'm going to say, Daniel, I hope I presented your word with enough accuracy because it was so difficult. He goes, I know, I didn't get it either, is what he would say to me, I'm sure. Because there was so much that, that the human mind can only fathom all that he was talking about. But let's get into it. The Jewish people have endured great suffering and persecution. Have they not? You guys remember when we went through the book of Judges? Oh, my goodness. Constant persecution that they brought on themselves. There was that cycle of sin. You know, they would come close to God and they were happy and then they would eventually turn back to their sinful ways. Many times they were conquered and subjugated to their ancient enemies. They were dispersed by the Assyrians and the Babylonians But a remnant returned and rebuilt from the ashes. And finally, Roman conquered and crushed the nations in 68-70 A.D. There's so many that throughout history have persecuted against them. The Spanish Inquisition, the German Holocaust. And I'm ashamed to say even Christian persecution against them has occurred and still occurs today. Today we have the Palestinians and Russia and Ethiopia and all wanting to see an end to this tiny little Jewish nation. These people have been completely wiped out. Yet in 1948 they reestablished as a nation on this little spot of land that God had given to their forefathers. Ten different times this is prophesied in the Old Testament that they would come home. I'm going to give you just a few. Amos 9, 14 and 15. I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit from them. I will put plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. 
Amos lived nearly 27 years ago, during the time when the people of Israel had been forced out of their homeland by a succession of foreign invasions. Think of what Ezekiel said, 37, 11 through 14. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, Verse 14, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. Isn't that incredible? Just as Ezekiel prophesied 2,600 years before the Jews had been brought back to the land, the country of Israel was brought back to life. Israel reestablished in 1948, a mere three years after the Holocaust. It's, it's mind-blowing. You know, Germany tried to completely wipe them out. And yet, just a few years later, they reestablished as a nation. The Nazis themselves killed one-third of the world's Jewish population. Listen to Isaiah 66, 6 and 7. He says, Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has, heard, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth one day? Oh, shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Isaiah here describes a woman giving birth before going into labor. And he speaks of a country being born in one day. This accurately describes what happened on May 14, 1948, when the Jews declared independence of Israel and was united as a sovereign nation for the first time in near 3,000 years. Think about it. It's, it's, it's staggering. This is our God. Ezekiel 37, 21, 22 then he said to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. Verse 22, And I will bring them, I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one shall be king, and, and one king shall be king over them. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. Imagine this. The prophet said that God one day would bring the people Israel back to Israel as a united nation. <clears throat> they might have shocked. It might have been a little shock for Ezekiel because he had lived 2,600 years before that. At that time, the people of Israel had already divided themselves into two separate kingdoms. Remember Judah and Israel. We read about all that when we studied the book of Judges. 
Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall be no more shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Verse 15. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back to their land, which I gave their fathers. The second time that Israel was reestablished after the Jews had been scattered far and wide for thousands of years. This time the Jews returned from far away as United States, China, Russia, and even South Africa. Ezekiel 34, 13, And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and in the valleys, all the inhabited places of the country. After many centuries of dispersion, hundreds of thousands of Jews returned to their ancient homeland beginning from the late 1800s, but millions returned after Israel declared independence in 1948. In other words, millions of exiles returned to their ancient homeland, which is now truly their own land. The sense of that is now a sovereign Jewish state. God is not done with his own people. So many still have not accepted Jesus as their Messiah, and God refuses just to let them go. If this is what it will take to make them see that Jesus is the one, well, he loves them that much. He loves you and me that much, too. That he will use whatever it takes to turn us around. Look at what Jesus said about the tribulation. This is still to come. Matthew 24, verse 21. For then there will be a great tribulation such as never been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor nor shall ever be. This is what Jesus is saying about his own people. Now you think, well, why would God do that? Is he that cruel that he wants to put them through more persecution? And I say, no. He loves them that much. That much. Because there are still millions of Jews that do not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And he's, he's telling us that when this time comes, they will know. So let's get back into Daniel chapter 12. But before we do, we have to look back into the context just a little bit. Let's look back to Daniel 11, 44, and 45. The angel here was continuing to speak. It hadn't stopped. This, this vision that Daniel was having, this, this word from God. So let's look at Daniel 11.44. says, But the news from the east and the north shall trouble him. He's talking about the Antichrist there. Therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. Verse 45, And he shall plant tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and, he, and no one will help him. He's referring to the Antichrist. This is in the, in the final battle of Armageddon. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people 
and there shall be a time of trouble such as never since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. We should be praising God for that. This is proof that there will be people saved after the rapture of the church. Because you see, people, we're not here. We're already taken up. We're in heaven. This is all transpiring at earth when God's already taken his bride to heaven. There are so many people that are going to see when it truly happens the way we've been saying for thousands of years that it's happened. They're going to know that God is real and he is true. And they have opportunity to be saved. Verse 2. And those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you said those that were saved were already taken. Yes, these are the ones who have gotten saved after the rapture of the church. These are the ones who, through this tribulation, maybe they've lost their life for claiming that Jesus was the Messiah. Maybe that's how they lost their lives. But they have died, and now they're going to raise to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So even those who died who did not believe are going to have their day of judgment. Verse 3, so those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Praise God. Those people that are saved... After this tribulation has begun, it's going to be an amazing thing. And those who are leading those are going to be so honored because they, they got left behind, but they know who Jesus Christ truly is now, and they know that it's real, and they're leading those to righteousness. They will be stars forever and ever. Verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Boy, how many of you can say knowledge has increased in your lifetime? My goodness, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, from when I was a kid to now, I mean, you guys remember seeing Star Trek and them talking on the little thing on the movie and seeing one other's face in the phone, we're thinking, that would never happen. We walk around with computers in our pockets. Something that we would never have happened. But here it is. Knowledge is increasing. And people shall run to and fro. Well, what do you think that means, Pastor? Well, I don't know. But I can jump on an airplane and be in Ethiopia in 12 hours. You know, I can get around the world in just in no time at all. And people are running to and fro and can actually get across this world. It's absolutely incredible. We are living in the end times. It is so close. Verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. Now, I don't know if he's referring to one side and the other. I think probably one side of the river and the other. Verse 6, And one said to the man clothed in linen, now, we believe that is Christ, the Christophany, that he was there, who is above the waters of the river. How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? 
Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river. And when he held his right hand up and his left hand up to heaven and swore by him who lives forever, he was praising God is what he was doing, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completed, completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. This might have been hard for Daniel to understand, but we've seen this time and times and a half time many times before. We know that it means a three and a half year. A time represents a year. The times represents two years. The half a time represents a half a year, which equals three and a half years. One time represents a period of trouble, danger, struggle, testing. Faith is tested in many ways. God's people are not immune from tribulations of various kinds. Do you realize that? We're not immune to hard times. Not at all. Even in the best of times, our Christian life is quite a struggle because we are involved with the battle between good and evil. Can I get an amen? Am I the only one that struggles? I mean, come on. We live in very difficult times. Paul encouraged us to be strong in the Lord, to put on the whole armor of God, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness. You can read that in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. We're fighting battles that, that we don't even understand. Spiritual forces are coming against us. The two times, two times represent double trouble, pain upon pain. Sometimes suffering and hardship can be very intense, prolonged, with no end in sight. Peter speaks of the fiery trial, which is to try you. That's 1 Peter 4.12. And even the most terrible tribulation, however, we are never forsaken by God or separated from the love of Christ. Romans 8, 35 through 39. What could separate you from the love of God? Think about it. What could separate you from the love of God? I'm telling you, if you're truly sold out, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Well, pastor, what about the loss of a child or a grandchild? I've lost a grandchild. It hurt. It was troublesome times. It was difficult. But God was there. God was there. Three and a half time. Three, a half a time. A half a time represents the same thing as one time or the two times, but it puts a different light. It represents a time of tribulation from God's point of view. There are three tribulation principles that sense that in a sense shorten or reduce our troubles or they can be cut in half. Because God says himself, it tells us in his word that the pray that it will be shortened, the time of trouble. Let's go back to Daniel. Daniel 12, verse 8. Although I heard and I did not understand. Daniel's being honest with us here. He said, I'm hearing this stuff, but I don't understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? 
Verse 9, and he said, Go your way, Daniel. Go your way. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Boy, we need to really look at that and pay attention to that scripture. God, what am I to do? I know that we're living in end times. I know how bad it's getting in the world, and it's going to only get worse. What am I to do? He says, go your way. Continue to do what you do. Go wash your car. Clean the chicken bones out of the back seat. Come on, take care of the house. Take care of your business. Take care of your kids. Do your job. Continue to be a good Christian soldier. Do what God has called you to do. That's what he meant by, Daniel, go your way. Don't worry about these things. I've got control of the whole thing. Verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Do you realize what he's saying? Sinners sin. We shouldn't be shocked. And we don't have to judge them. It's not my place to judge people because of what they do. Sinners sin. It's what they do. They live in a wicked world. They have wicked thoughts. My job is to take love to them and try to show them there's a better way that they can be made white and refined. And if they're wise, they will understand. Verse 11. From the time... And from the time that the early sacrifice is taken away, that the daily, sorry, sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. So he's being very specific here. He's given us exact timeline. I mean exact of what's going to happen. Now here's the deal. We're not going to be here. This is at the end that... You take 1,290 days, that equals three and a half years. That's the second half of the tribulation. And it's going to happen when the people see that the abomination of desolation, that's when the Antichrist goes into the temple that is rebuilt, that they've been sacrificing to the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They've been sacrificing and serving God. And then he's going to come in and set a statue up of himself. He's going to barbecue a pig on the altar, which is totally against their beliefs. And he's going to put a statue of himself in the center of the sanctuary. And he wants people to worship him. That's the abomination of desolation. And it's going to happen. Thank God we won't be here to see it. We will be in heaven. But at that time, we're going to be coming back with Christ to this earth. Verse 12. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. All right, now I'm really confused. He gives us another one. But you go your way to the end, for you shall rest and will rise to your inheritance at the end of the days. We will all receive our inheritance, which is heaven. And for a thousand years, it's going to be heaven right here on this earth. Because we're going to come back and rule and reign for a thousand years, the millennium, here on this earth. 
Daniel will not live to see the prophecies fulfilled. However, he will be resurrected from his dead body to receive his allotted inheritance of the millennial kingdom. All who trust in God, the God of our fathers, as Daniel did, will receive the blessings of the millennial kingdom. So what about these difference in days? First, we had 1,290 days, and the other one was 1,335 days, exactly 45 days difference. What does that mean, Pastor? I don't know. I, honestly, I don't. Uh, maybe if I had been to a you know, cemetery school, I, I would know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you my best guess. There's 45 days. I honestly don't know. Could it be that God judges the nations of the earth to determine will the nation be involved in his millennial kingdom? Could that be what the 45 days is? Maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But God put it there for a reason, that we have exact timeline when we see these things happen. Will we see these things happen from heaven? Again, I don't know. I think for some reason that we probably will. That we'll be able to see what's going on because God is raising up his army, his church, that is going to come back together to rule and reign on this, church, on this, on this earth. And it's going to happen. Like I said last week, I hope you're not scared of heights or horses because we're going to come back together with him. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an amazing thing. It's going to be a mind-blowing thing. We, we can't even get our heads around it. it, it doesn't, you're, you're telling us fairy tales. No, I'm not. This is in the living word of God. And that finishes out the book of Daniel. And I've got 20 minutes to kill. Whew. You guys should have told me to slow down. Wow. We can eat, huh? Andy, did you go eat the sandwiches? Go get them, boy. <laughs> hey, Ira, go down and help him. Yeah, get up. Go. Go help him. Help that old guy. Carry him up. We don't want him falling down with a bunch of sandwiches. You got another song? Good. Come on back up. Let's let Andy bless us. I'm trying to decide, I've been praying about it, where to go. We've just completed an amazing book of the Bible, which wasn't Daniel amazing? Absolutely amazing. The Lord is leading me to the New Testament for the next round of book or so. I, I've been trying to decide whether between Romans and Ephesians, that's the two places I'm, I'm going one, and I'll go over and study the other, and I'll go back and look at the other, and they're both so phenomenal, so good. So whatever the Lord leads, I'll let you know next week. But it'll be probably one of the two, I believe. Let's all stand together. Let me bless the food as we go and partake. Please stay and enjoy some lunch. We've got quite a few hours before the football game, so I don't have to worry about that. You know, living a Christian life isn't easy. We might think it is, but it's really not. It forces, to think, forces us to think about what we say, what we do, how we respond. It's not as easy as it sounds. Is it, guys? You talk to my young men back there in the back. 
Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, my knuckleheads. It's not easy, is it? It's not. We live in a world that's very difficult to be a professing Christian, but we're going to do it, and we do it by being together, holding on to one another. When we have our men's meeting on Wednesday mornings, you know, we're a bunch of old guys. But that's how we hold on to each other. And we can confess to one another, go, man, I just really messed up this last week. Well, let me pray for you. Let me help you. God loves you. Even though we're knuckleheads. All the knuckleheads out there, those are my people. There's this one TV show that I, I watch, and it's about this group that's in AA, you know, and the counselors counseling all these guys. And Joe says, why do you like that show? And I said, because those are my people. Those are my people. Messed up ones. You know, those, he, God loves us so much. So I want to give you opportunity. We have a few minutes before we go and enjoy some lunch. If you're struggling, I'm not saying you're unsaved. I'm not saying that at all. You're, I believe you're all saved in the righteousness of God. But maybe you're struggling a little bit. Thank you, Barbara. I am too. I struggle at times. I do. I struggle with life. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. That's absolutely fine. You take care of yourself. You go. Bless you too. And not often do we have the opportunity to be a little bit early and to say, hey, Pastor, I'm, I struggle. So I want you to be so bold. If you struggle a little bit, would you raise your hand? Would you? Thank you. <laughs> That's like the death rate. That's like 100%. We struggle. God doesn't want us to struggle, but he knows we will. And he still loves us. He's still with us. Every Sunday I stand here while Andy sings hymns and I pray, God, help me. Help me just one more Sunday. Forgive me for my, all my foolishness this last week. That's crazy thoughts. Getting upset at my wife for leaving the vacuum cleaner out. How foolish is that? It's about as foolish as can be. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your precious people. Father, we need you to help us. And we need each other. I think that's what you've been showing us through this. That we need each other. To hold one another up. To be strong when the other can't be. To pray when the other can't pray. To believe when we just simply can't believe. 
We're here to hold on to one another. That's why you call us the bride of Christ. Because we unify together and we hold on to one another. Father, bless your people. Help us to get through this week and not have the same struggles that we had last week. Satan, you're a liar. You're a liar. And Jesus, thank you for loving a bunch of knuckleheads like us. It is so precious that you love us so much. Father, we ask you to bless the food to our bodies. Allow it to bring strength and healing. And Father, I just pray for the time of fellowship that you will bless it. That everything we say and do is pleasing to your ears. And you say, that's my people there. That's my kids. And you would be proud of us. Father, we ask you to do these things. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen.